Hey everyone, this is Cal Cofield. Welcome to the Physics Buzz Podcast. Uh, slightly gloomier music than normal, because today we're going to be talking about science from the summer blockbuster, Prometheus. Prometheus has landed. Ancient civilizations that shared no contact, and yet... It's a star map. Not a map. An imitation. From whom? Prometheus, the ground crew. When the probes picked up a life form. So we're talking about science from Prometheus. Now, if you haven't seen the movie, no fear. This podcast will be free of any spoilers. So here we go. Uh, so Prometheus came out a few weeks ago. I don't know about you, but this movie was on my radar for months. I was so excited to see it. Uh, and one thing I always love about science fiction movies is just seeing what they do with the science, what cool ideas they come up with for this fictional universe. Okay, like I said, no spoilers, but I'm assuming you know what the movie is basically about. A bunch of people travel to a distant planet on a spaceship. Actually, they travel to a moon orbiting a distant planet. So astronomy points to Prometheus because it's a very real possibility that the elements necessary for life could exist on a satellite. Jupiter's moon Europa, for example, is covered mostly in water ice, and there's some evidence that it might be covering an ocean of water. So that's really cool, but actually the point I want to discuss is just how distant is this moon that they travel to? Well, one of the characters says offhandedly that they are half a billion miles from Earth. She's not making a definite statement here. She's just indicating that a half a billion miles sounds like a long way from home. But that depends on what you call home. Because half a billion miles from Earth would actually land you just past Jupiter. So you'd still be in our home solar system. Now, more precisely, there's a caption in the film telling us that the ship is 300 trillion kilometers from Earth. This is a little bit more reasonable. If we do the math on that, it comes out to roughly 18.6 trillion miles. And that's about 31 light years. Now, again, you have to think about it on a relative scale. I'm not saying that 31 light years isn't a long way from Earth, but... Our Milky Way galaxy is over 100,000 light years across, so 30 light years is really still within our stellar neighborhood. You could say that was, you know, kind of close to home. All right, anyway, so as you probably know, 31 light years is a measure of distance. It means that it would take you 31 years to travel that distance if you were traveling at the speed of light. But it only took the crew of the Prometheus two years to get there. So all this means is that in the Prometheus universe, they must have faster-than-light technology. And that's fine, because this is science fiction after all. But let's stop and think about that distance for a second. 31 light years. That's just sort of hard to imagine. So I want to throw out an analogy for you. Let's take a distance that we can kind of comprehend, something that's a little bit closer to home. The distance from the Earth to the Sun is 93 million miles. It takes light about 8 minutes to travel that. So 93 million miles, again, kind of hard to comprehend, but you can picture this distance from the Earth to the Sun. 
So let's scale all of these big sizes down. Let's try to make them a little bit more understandable. Let's scale 93 million miles, the distance from the Earth to the Sun, down to one inch. Well, then how big would a light year be compared to that? Well, actually, a light year compared to that one inch would be one mile. A mile compared to an inch. I mean, it takes me eight minutes to run a mile, and my foot is bigger than an inch. That's the scale that we're talking about when we talk about light years. That's what we're up against if we ever want to achieve interstellar travel. So I guess the lesson is chasing down aliens is going to take a very long time. Now, there's a lot of other scientific points we could talk about from the movie, but let me focus in on one in particular. So the scientists are on this moon, and one of them finds a dead organism, and she wants to figure out how old it is or how long it's been dead. Now, on Earth, if we find, say, dead animal bones, we can figure out how old they are using carbon dating. And so this fictional scientist in the movie on the alien planet says, I'm going to carbon date this sample. Swing and a miss, Prometheus. There are a few problems with this. Now again, I know this is a work of fiction, but hear me out. Okay, Earth's atmosphere is about 78% nitrogen. Occasionally, in the atmosphere, a nitrogen atom gets hit by a neutron. This collision turns the nitrogen into carbon. Not regular carbon, but an isotope of carbon, which is kind of like a different flavor. This flavor of carbon is called carbon-14 because it has six protons and eight neutrons. Regular carbon has six protons and six neutrons. Okay, so carbon-14, just like regular carbon, can bond with oxygen to form carbon dioxide. And plants love to eat carbon dioxide. So plants on Earth contain this carbon-14. And anything that eats the plants now also contains carbon-14. And anything that eats the things that eat the plants contains carbon-14. In fact, every living organism on Earth that is part of this food chain has a pretty steady, predictable amount of carbon-14 inside it. So we know how much carbon-14 you should have in your body while you're alive. But when you die, you stop eating plants. You stop ingesting carbon-14. And over time, the amount of carbon-14 in your dead body goes down. Because carbon-14 decays. It breaks apart becomes no longer carbon. So let's take this all in again. Carbon-14 is produced in the atmosphere and it gets into plants. Then it gets into the food chain, everything else that eats the plants. Living things have a known amount of carbon-14 in them. Dead things are steadily losing carbon-14. We know the rate at which carbon-14 breaks down. We know how much carbon-14 disappears over a decade or a hundred years. So if we know how much carbon-14 a body started out with, and we know how fast the carbon-14 is essentially leaving the body, we can calculate how long that body has been dead. So to look at it really simply, if you buy a bag of 10 cookies and then you eat one cookie per day, 
Well, then when you have one cookie left, you know it's been nine days since you bought the cookies. Okay, based on what we know about carbon dating, do you see why it wouldn't work on an alien planet with an alien sample? Okay, first, a foreign planet wouldn't have the same atmosphere as Earth. For carbon dating to work, you need to know about how much carbon-14 should be in the atmosphere and thus in living organisms that occupy that planet. Now, this would not be an extremely simple task for modern-day scientists to figure out the ratio of carbon-14 in a foreign planet's atmosphere. Now, the scientists in Prometheus do make a comment saying they have measured the composition of the atmosphere. So I guess I'll give them that one. But there's another problem. The scientist doesn't know the diet of the thing she's testing. She doesn't know if it ate food that grew on this moon. She doesn't know if the plants on this moon consume carbon dioxide. So unfortunately, Prometheus, I have to say that this one was a miss. Some of you might feel like it's pointless to pick apart the science in science fiction movies. I think it's fun, and I think it's a cool opportunity to just talk about some interesting physics concepts. But I also feel like there's a difference between these two examples we talked about. See, Prometheus exists in a fictional universe where people can travel faster than the speed of light. The movie needs that to be true. But it doesn't need to say carbon dating. She could have just said, I'm going to date the sample, and in fact, there are other isotopes that scientists use to date the age of things. See, faster-than-light technology is clearly not possible in our universe. That should be obvious to the audience. But it probably wasn't obvious to most people that carbon dating wouldn't have worked in that scenario. And rather than seeing it as a fiction, it might just make people misunderstand carbon dating even more. Science blogger Shane O'Connor had a great analogy. There's a movie coming out this summer called Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. This movie is historical fiction. Now, it's obvious that Abraham Lincoln was not actually a vampire hunter. That much we can buy into. We can go along with the movie because we know it's fiction. But if the movie said that Lincoln was assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald, the man who actually shot Kennedy, instead of saying he was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth, well, that would just be weird. Anyone who knew that wasn't true would just be kind of taken out of the film. And then maybe some kid who didn't know the name of the person who shot Lincoln might think it was Lee Harvey Oswald. So I feel like there's a difference between science fiction and just getting it wrong. But hey, guys, it's summer. Don't let me ruin the movie for you. That's all for the Physics Buzz podcast. I'm Cala Cofield. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more Physics Buzz. Prometheus has landed.